0: We are live at Amsterdam. It is scorching heat right now. And you know what that means? We have the hottest takes.
1: The, the hottest takes. takes. That burn with the fire of a thousand suns yes. in Amsterdam. Yes. It's like
0: everything. Like it's like uh, the hottest day ever in the movie Do the Right Thing. <laughs> like it's just f- fire. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and start with the game. Let's just get through this Michigan State game. um Actually, I feel much like even though the ducks didn't win, I think, and really there's kind of like there's really like no moral victories at this point anymore with football and like the playoffs and it just being a zero-sum game overall. but I think there's a lot of damn it foam mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of positives to take away from this game. There are
1: it was a um it was a hard fought game. They they almost came back. Almost so pulled, off the, yeah. uh, pulled off the yeah. pulled off the quote unquote upset. But uh yeah, I I mean in hindsight when I when I look back on it, I was like, you know what? Three point loss went down to the wire against one of the best teams in the country on the road. It you know I'm not surprised that we lost the game. Um, I think that's one of those games where if you play this matchup ten times, each team is going to win it five times.
0: Um, Yeah, I really, yeah. I mean, this was really a time where Michigan State just executed
1: much better throughout. Yeah, Um, exactly. They, Oregon had all the opportunities. They just couldn't capitalize on them.
0: Yeah, and that's just like... Some that's that's where people get into the uh into the whole like oh, we're a couple plays away or whatever, and it's like that's true of like every event it doesn't matter if it's like almost like it just doesn't matter um yeah. so like the things that really killed us throughout um oh, this is gonna lead into one of my hot takes first point uh I normally don't complain about this. Oregon was penalized nine times. Michigan State was penalized their first time with, like, under eight minutes to go in the game. How does that happen? A, B, that was a rhetorical question. Doesn't You don't need to answer that. Uh, B, Michigan State got away with the same number of holds, Like, got, got away with so many more holes off the edge. Um, but I don't want that to discount... To discount how well their offensive line played and how well prepared they were to go against this Oregon defense?
1: Yeah, it was. um, They they just executed across the board. Um, They had, you know, Connor Cook had a pretty good day 20 for 32, 192 yards, two touchdowns. One pick, QBR, 77.9. Madre London rushed for over 100 yards. LJ Scott had two rushing touchdowns. Aaron Burbridge caught over 100 receiving yards, had a touchdown. They just... they, They executed, and we didn't. And that's... I mean, if you want a simple breakdown, that's really what it came down to.
0: Yeah, and... This is kind of, this game was a classic example of how I view running backs. Like, that's why the NFL has gone away from paying running backs a ton, unless you're like, truly exceptional and your names are uh, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, and Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Is because it, you, a running game is so much more dependent on on the line than it actually is of the running back skill itself. Because it didn't matter who was in the backfield for Michigan. They were getting yards. And Royce Freeman is amazing, but the offensive line play was terrible for like the first half. He didn't get any yards.
1: Yeah, he didn't. He, I mean, just average-wise, he was not... Not great. Um, He ran the ball a lot. He had 24 carries and only got 92 yards out of it, so it's averaging 3.8 yards a carry.
0: Right, yeah, but I don't think that's on... I think that stat Mm -hmm. is more indicative of how much the Oregon line struggled. Exactly. Because he was... He's at his best, like... Like, I mean, against Eastern Washington, to be expected, he didn't get hit until he was, like, five to six yards downfield already. Exactly. When he's, like, already going forward. Oh, yeah, he actually, like, injured a player on Michigan State by trucking him.
1: Not um, surprising.
0: Yeah. And, but if he can't even get started, like, that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. The most, defi- like... It wasn't until uh, Charles Nelson, who was amazing, um, it wasn't until Charles Nelson was just crushing it on the edge that that interior opened up, like, at all.
1: Yeah, Charles Nelson had just a a huge day. Uh, He was just, he was making play after play after play. Um, And that was really nice to to have him back for this one, especially early on. Like he was just, hit, he had like, six catches and,
0: and all of them went for first downs.
1: Yeah. Him and VA were just in sync early on. Um, you know, first, first drive, second play of the game had a 19 yard reception from no Charles Nelson had the 19 yard reception, um, yeah, he was, he was on it. Yeah, catch for eleven yards, catch for nineteen yards, twelve yards. It was just, it was. He was like a first down machine, basically.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he was fantastic. He had another play where he just tiptoed the sidelines. It was amazing on like a long third down. Hmm. Um. We didn't see Dwayne Stanford at all.
1: There was no Dwayne Stanford.
0: I think uh, I saw him in for a couple plays. Devin Allen made a couple. Was
1: in. See, I that slipped under my radar. I missed that one.
0: Um. Yeah, he lined up a couple times. I don't
1: think they never threw to him. Yeah. Um. Stanford and Allen didn't make it onto the stat sheet, but they were there.
0: Yeah. Um. Braylon Addison, what a punt return! Oh.
1: That was that was fire. That was straight fire. It gave me. It gave me a very dangerous thing in the sports world. It gave hope. me this hope. This thing called hope, <laughs> which is so dangerous to have. Yeah. Because then it comes crushing down on you, and if you can't handle it, then you can't be a sports fan.
0: It's like Dark Knight Rises. Uh, hope is dangerous. You know.
1: I. I was yes. I. I was at the. The R bar, the local ducks establishment in San Francisco, watching the game with Taco. Yeah, and the place just exploded on that punt return. Yeah, people were standing up on bar stools. They were <laughs> ringing the bell. It was pandemonium.
0: Yeah, I'm sure as the game went on too, that just got more and more turned, especially like and, at the end. Like, was that place getting torn apart when uh, Vernon Adams overthrew Byron Marshall?
1: I I thought. That we were gonna we were gonna spill out onto the streets. If you so, if you've never been to the R Bar or if you're not familiar with San Francisco, it is in the heart of the Tenderloin, and the tenderloin, I have no idea what that means. Oh, you're about to tell me. Sorry, we're about to we're about to inform you. <laughs> okay, the Tenderloin is the the sketchiest neighborhood in the city of San Francisco. It's got like the highest like violent crime rate. We were about to spill out in the streets and start our own riot. I think. Good. Uh, yeah. So, oh man. And are, are you? T- was that the one? That was the one where he overthrew it. Was this out of the back of the end zone at the end of the game, or?
0: Uh no, it was the, uh Byron Marshall beat his guy, like the defensive back, uh like when he was turning. Stumbled and Byron Marshall was all by himself with, like, a minute 23 yeah. left. Oh, yeah. And he overthrew him after underthrowing a wheel wrap twice.
1: And then he see, adjusted. You guys can see that I, I, I handle losses by just blocking things from memory. That's, yeah. Like, that's, that's how I cope.
0: Our games at our uh, 2007 game at Arizona, I don't think that ever happened. Wasn't our 2011 it? game at Arizona, I don't think that happened either. Or was nope, it 2012, was 2013? 2012 yeah that game didn't happen either nope oh. or Stanford that year never happened I think they canceled oh. the game
1: you can see that here at Addicted to Quack we handle losses in a very healthy manner
0: <laughs> yeah I'm still a drunk from Saturday
1: <laughs> yeah he uh oh man we, we were in a dark place at the end of the night
0: <laughs> um Here, here's another stat that's pretty amazing Michigan State two for two on fourth down. Yep. Oregon two for six. When is the last time that has ever happened? Woof. And then there was two interceptions. Um two yeah, two interceptions. Um there was one other stat I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Connor Cook, I went back and looked at this whole Connor Cook shows up in big games thing. Mm-hmm uh that was not true in his he had like nine games since he's been starting against top 25 teams only two of those games were over 60 and it was like 60.2 and 63 mm-hmm. the rest of them were 50 or below 50 is average
1: yeah
0: which is going to be really telling when we get to vernon adams um so 50 is average. His QBR was 77.6 this game. He was spectacular.
1: Big game Connor Cook.
0: Yeah, he was like the pass rush in terms of like collapsing the pocket was solid. Like we didn't Mm -hmm. get to him that often. That's because most of the time it was because he was so... Aware of where the pass rush was coming from, and they also like always had a running back and a tight end. Like they always had a tight end stay and then slip out, and the running back almost always stayed and always stayed in the pocket. Right, um, but he was just solid. I even got on the podcast when we were talking last week. I was I was saying like they don't have a receiver. That's proven. Like their top guy averaged two receptions a game last year, and Burbridge balled out so hard hmm Um on the flip side, oh, praise to Hardrick, who played significantly better uh Saturday. We're recording this Sunday night. Um he played significantly better against Michigan State than he did against Eastern Washington. Cause that was Eastern Washington was real bad. Yeah. Um Reggie I... Daniels that or that game too against Eastern Washington also struggled he was terrible on Saturday. His tackling was awful. So,
1: I I would also like to just touch on the fact that, it, you know, people have, have kind of the kind of the the early season analysis has been that the the defense, more specifically the secondary, is kind of the Achilles' heel of this team. Um, I, I would say it was it was the defense that kept us in this game late. Oh, for sure. They gave up big plays, um, but we were down. The Ducks were down. I think twenty-four to fourteen going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they gave us the defense. gave us every chance to win. Like this wasn't a game that. And originally, this I was thought like going to turn into it.
0: This is like being LSU.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was going to turn into a shootout. Honestly, at oh, first, yeah. because you had, well, for, I mean, the Ducks' their first drive took them took them three minutes and fifty seconds to score. Like what? Yeah, What, what, what is that? <laughs> I think I, I think I like completed my master's degree that I hadn't started working on before they, they scored. And you took Brennan Adams test faster than that. Yes. And then Michigan State goes three plays, seventy five yards, just over a minute. Oh yeah, and scores. one of those
0: was like seventy yards.
1: Yeah. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's a shootout. But here's the next here's the next series groupings of series. Oregon four plays, one yard, punt. Michigan State, three plays, seven yards, punt. Oregon, three plays, one yard, punt. Michigan State, seven plays, 24 yards, missed field goal. Oregon, two plays, three yards. Oh, God. Like, it just, it turned into a total field position battle for, for the better part of the game there. And it, it just, it stalled out at, um, it just stalled for a while and then Michigan State kind of started to pull away a little bit and I was like okay when it was it was 24-14 going into the fourth and I was like it started to feel kind of like the national championship game where you like felt it slipping away but you didn't quite want to come to terms with it yet yeah and then Oregon made the near miraculous comeback with the nine play 80 yard drive late in the game that ended with the Byron Marshall touchdown. And, uh, and it was, and then Michigan state when three plays, five yards had to punt the ball away. So it was like, all right, here we go. But yeah. then, yeah, it was the, uh, and then Royce Freeman runs for 11 yards, runs for four yards. And then Verdun Adams gets sacked. And sacked on third and six
0: loses 10 yards. That is, like... People can say it was, like, the miss on Marshall or whatever. Mm-hmm. But even after that, there was still a chance to get things going. Yeah. That 10-yard sack eliminated anything. Exactly. Um, that sack was almost worse. It was just as bad as the throw was.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, because they were they were in they were on the Michigan State thirty-three yard line when that play happened, and so what do you what is it that for you add
0: you add well, 17.
1: 17 yards for a because field. it's so, ten
0: yards for the uprights and then seven for where the where they snap it to
1: right so you're talking about a fifty-yard field goal at that point which. I mean, that's, that's like a unlikely, it's unlikely for a college kicker, but it's a like shot, it was, you know, there's a shot or even, you know, you just get a few more yards and maybe you go for it. Maybe, you know, cause that's just such a deep field goal at that point. But yeah, that, that sack basically you had, you had the glimmer of hope and then it just all came crashing down.
0: Yeah, and so it was really, like, this whole game, like, there were so many times where Oregon could have pulled it out or whatever, Mm -hmm. but bottom line is they did not execute throughout, and Michigan State did. And here's one of the things, too, that I always talk about, is that the games, like, it's just like in basketball, you want to play at your own tempo, right? Right. This game was played on Michigan State's terms. Like, when, uh, like a great example of this is when Oregon played at USC in 2012. Mm-hmm. It was like 63 to 48 or something dumb like that. Yeah. The entire time, Oregon was kind of in control of that game because they were playing it on Oregon's terms. And this was a game that was on Michigan State's terms. Like, this is the type of game that Michigan State wants to play in. Mm hmm. Um,. And so, like, about in the second – it was, like, midway through the second quarter where I was like, all right, Oregon's really going to have to grind this one out because they're in East Lansing and they're playing how Michigan State wants to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, like, why Michigan State felt in control the entire time. And when you have, like, a special teams touchdown that brings it, that, like, bridges it, Mm -hmm. like, I think I texted you afterwards and I I was like, we had no business – being in that game as close as it was
1: yeah exactly we we played awful pretty much the entire game and we still almost walked out of there with a win um yeah so i mean that's a positive scoring wise our only touchdown offensive touchdown in the first three quarters was Royce Freeman's two-yard run to open the scoring. Mm -hmm. After that, you had the Addison punt return. Oh, that
0: was the first drive. Oh, my God.
1: And so they had between, between about four minutes into the game and about three minutes into the fourth quarter, Oregon had just one offensive touchdown. And I, I just, you know, this is a team that it, you know, they need to, they're going to win by outscoring people and getting into shootouts. And I, I think that there's just kind of this added level of pressure that they don't always know how to deal with when their offense stalls and sputters because it just, it, it's so rare. It's so and, weird. It's just like a Twilight Zone moment. And that's why.
0: That's why I hate playing in Arizona. Exactly. Because it's weird.
1: It's, uh. But yeah, I would. I would say if I'm handing out some participation ribbons to some players and some units here. I don't know if you know this, but participation ribbons are bullshit. Trophies only. (laughs) You only get trophies are for winners. Yeah. Participation ribbons go to the losers. Yeah. Um, but everyone still gets caprice on pouches and orange slices. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. I'm, I would, I would give my, my participation ribbon to Braylon Addison, who just went off. Yeah. Seven catches, 138 yards. Yeah. Didn't reach, didn't have a touchdown, but still, um, I would also give a participation ribbon to really just the Oregon defense as a whole for mm-hmm. stepping up and keeping the Ducks in this thing. Because their their offense was nowhere to be found all night. Oh, yeah. And that's why, I, you know, like, I, I just, I remember the, you know, bits and pieces of Vernon Adams looking brilliant and then I realize that as a whole it was just an ugly game mm-hmm. and then you look at the final score and you're like we only lost by three yeah um, so I'll take it and I'm I'm okay with you know get get the loss out of the way early and just run the table from here on out and I I really hope that what this does is not that you know. I'm not saying that Oregon wouldn't play with a sense of urgency otherwise had they won this game, but they know that they 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 have to be mistake free for the rest of the way out if mm-hmm. they want to crack the playoff. They cannot lose again. Um, they've got some tough games on the schedule. You know that that Arizona State. Thursday night game on the road is, is going to be brutal USC you know if that could that could be a, another top 10 matchup um, they have to be mistake free and and they know it um, and I'm hoping that that kind of there's a new sense of urgency after this um, and I'm not worried about you know people are like you're seeing the AP rankings come out and they plummeted to 12th and... which is a joke
0: okay, yeah, let me go on a rant real quick okay so writers and people bitch all the time about there not being top 10 matchups or whatever and like saying teams need to schedule this and all that crap and Oregon drops to thirteenth or 12 and 13 after a 3 point loss to the number 5 team on the road Auburn is still ranked ahead USC has played San Diego State and freaking Idaho. Like Auburn almost lost to Jacksonville State. Notre Dame almost lost to Virginia. How, how are these teams still ahead? Like, the, the, this, this is the type of voting that creates zero incentives to do this
1: type of game. Exactly. So, and I okay. think, Sorry, ran luckily, <laughs> he feels better now. Yeah, cathartic. Um, that was cathartic. Luckily, you know, most people don't take the polls very seriously because in this whole new, this whole new system, it's it's not. The rankings are more of like guidelines and suggestions of where a team is, but mm-hmm. it's in no way indicative of where they actually are. Um, Right, I'm sure the committee would think of this differently. Instead, we're putting our faith into a human committee, which I would like to think, and I I really don't think this is me being like a Homer Duck fan. I think this is a logical thought that anyone on that committee would have. would be, look, Oregon went on the road, lost by three to Michigan State, one of the top teams in the country on the road. And it was a... You know, they didn't go in there and they didn't get blown out. They didn't get manhandled. They almost scraped out a, a tough road win. I would comfortably put Oregon, I would keep them, like, right with there. I would say, you know, they haven't, obviously, we're just two games in. So there's not enough to say, oh, yeah, they're a top, they're a playoff team. They're a top five team. But I think come December when it's time to, to pick the playoff, I, I think Oregon will at least, they'll, they'll have the opportunity to make that splash and be like, look, we lost a tough game on the road and then we played a tough Pac-12 schedule and we ran the table. So here we are with one loss, a three-point loss to Michigan State on the road. Tell me that we are, you know, that in my mind, if you play it out in that scenario they'd be one of the best four teams in the country yeah you know I would put them probably at that point depending on what else happens around the country but you know that would give it you know it's probably it probably wouldn't there always seems to be an undefeated team that's going to get the one seed so it's going to be I think it might be very similar to last year give them like a two seed or a three seed and just kind of wedge them in there Mm mm-hmm but I, I'm still, I'm cautiously optimistic.
0: Yeah, and Ohio State made it last year after losing to Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So, because if Oregon wins out, they will have beaten USC, Arizona State, Stanford. I guess that's not that big anymore. Um. Utah is another tough one. Utah. Uh, And then whoever wins the South, those are going to be quality wins. Yeah. So, But now we have
1: zero margin for error. And they might have to beat, you know, they might have to beat USC twice, or they might have to beat Arizona State twice, or they might have to beat UCLA. Like, it is is brutal to get into the playoff on the Pac-12 schedule just because of, how much talent there is that you know there's that top tier talent and I always I've always said that beating a team twice in one season is damn near impossible um, and so I think that's what makes and it's good for the conference and it's good for building resumes but that's what's so tough about winning this conference is most times you might have to beat that top tier team from the other division twice in a year, depending on how the schedule plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think it's very easy for a team to to lose a game and go back on film and say, "Here's what we did wrong," and tweak it. And you know, classic example last year is Oregon Arizona. Uh-huh. Arizona won the first matchup, and then. Oregon was able to go go back to that, break it down, look at what happened and say, okay this is what we need to fix and they went out and they delivered one of the most dominating, if not the most dominating performance of the year
0: yeah, that was Um, unbelievable
1: and so it'll be tough but I I don't think there's anyone else in the division who can compete with Oregon I think that if anyone's you know it's the the USC's the Arizona states the you know UCLA if it if it comes to a title game it's those teams that I'm worried about in the north I I think they'll easily get into the Pac-12 title game um cause there's you know you've got Stanford and that's basically it and you know Stanford all of a sudden doesn't seem like I mean again it's it's a small sample size but I I think they'll get into that conference title game pretty easily yeah just be a matter of potentially having to beat a tough opponent twice in a year
0: yeah um yeah it just got a whole lot more difficult um okay let's touch on this last one and it's gonna segue into something perfectly um Vernon Adams. Uh could have played better.
1: You could say that?
0: Yeah, like he had the injured finger or whatever, but then nobody comes into these games fully healthy. Um he just part of evaluating a quarterback for Oregon that's so difficult is Mariota was virtually perfect every game. Um Exactly. I think like there was the his first pick was pretty random. That was uh unlucky. The second one was a very poor decision mm-hmm. um by throwing into double coverage. Uh and like his thing is throwing the deep ball, but he just kept throwing it like he was a little off on Saturday. Like in a lot of different aspects. The biggest issue I think he had was he always looked extremely uncomfortable.
1: Exactly. When
0: he didn't need to be.
1: And that I, was and that was what I was worried about coming into this game. I I was kind of thinking, if we're gonna lose this game, it's because Vernon Adams, this is He's played quality opponents on the road before, like, you know, FBS opponents on the road, but he's never done it on this stage where it's a top 10 matchup between two of the elite teams with the entire country watching. And I think that kind of inexperience might have rattled rattled him a bit. Mm -hmm. I was reading the always entertaining... John Cantano. You actually read him? I don't read him consistently. I, I I give him a glance from time to time.
0: I don't even... He doesn't exist to me.
1: He's, he was... His takes were... Scorching. And of Scorching. course, this all, this all goes back to, oh, well, if we had Marcus Mariota, we would have won that game because he's perfect. And he said... <laughs> The Ducks win. If if the Ducks have Mariota in this game, they win by two scores.
0: Shocking. If we have one of the best quarterbacks in college football history, we win by two scores.
1: You don't say. He's really going out of the limb there.
0: Yeah, hot takes.
1: He was saying the two interceptions shut this down, which. Did they hurt? That is not true. Did they shut it down? No, that's not true. But I think a point. I think, and this is kind of touching on just what you were talking about, he said the indecision and dancing around in the pocket until he was sacked ended it. Missing his throw short then long then short and throwing passes up for grabs did it. And he so had a bunch of other fantastic plays.
0: Like that yeah, left-handed to and Addison. Oh my god.
1: That might go down as my favorite play of the year when it's all said and done. Yeah. Like that's just such a freakishly athletic play.
0: Yeah. That was unreal. Um, but yeah, his QBR was like 33.
1: Yeah, it was It was not pretty. Um,
0: and that seemed like it was one of those real mental things. Like he exactly. was constantly like... He seemed very uncomfortable at all times. And I really think it came down to being in that type of game with that type of crowd. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and he, um, yeah, but I'm glad he has that. I'm glad he has that under his belt now so yeah. that when he, because he's going to have to do this again, he's going to have to go into Arizona state, you know, in prime time on Thursday with likely the majority of the country watching, and uh-huh.
0: with Arizona State students showing up halfway through the game,
1: right, in classic Arizona State fashion, right, and he's going to have to. He's this is not this is not the last time he's going to have to pull out a big road win. Um, so we'll see how how that shapes up. So he had. And an ugly QB rating but mm-hmm. do you know who was actually perfect today uh tell me uh Marcus Mariota was perfect today
0: uh-huh he was
1: he, absolutely he was amazing. he was straight fire um,
0: I mean he did the one read and tuck and ran and it worked you know he wasn't able to hit the receivers in the pocket like a lot of the skeletons in the closet that Nobody's able to find out. Really creeped up at times, but you know, with his athletic abilities, he just made some plays. Thirteen to
1: sixteen, two hundred nine yards, four touchdowns. By the way, the four touchdowns that was all in the first half alone, and a perfect passer rating of one hundred and fifty-eight point three.
0: That is like every NFL scout, well, a the Buccaneers especially, should be feeling so dumb right now because. Let's list, list Jameis Winston's statistics. Jameis
1: Winston went 16 of 33 for 210 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. His first NFL pass attempt was a pick six. Oops.
0: Yeah. You know, I thought the 2015 Rose Bowl had ended.
1: It just continues. It's like a horrible nightmare from which Winston can't escape.
0: Those two will be linked
1: forever. It's going to be like... I want there to be realignments where the Titans and Bucks wind up in the same division. Yes. And we get Mariota versus Winston twice a year every year. Yes. And just over and over and over again, Mariota just comes out on top.
0: That'd be so great. And
1: oh also I almost...
0: also to add this in, Jameis Winston went to hand off the ball to a running back and just straight dropped the ball. Like it just Oops. fell from his hand. Um and he fell on it, so that could have been another turnover. And then he hit another defensive back in the hands, and the defensive back like wasn't able to to crowd it in, which is why he plays defense, Um, and then tipped to Austin Seferius Jenkins. That could have been a third interception. Exactly. He did terrible, and I've never... I don't think I've ever cheered against an individual before.
1: That's what I was... I was on the phone earlier tonight, and I was discussing the game, and I... I've never... Cheered so hard for one player, and simultaneously cheered so hard against another. Yeah, just because I, I, you know, I want Winston to realize that he's not ready to handle the NFL, and he should have stayed in college, and he jumped too early. Um, and I want Winston. I don't Winston wish. To just I, don't wish ba- I don't wish bad things on people, but like I want him to like just th- this is this is gonna burn to, to some people but I want him to have a Joey Harrington career oh 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 I, I went there
0: or maybe an Achilles Smith career
1: oh god <laughs> but yeah so I'm like I'm a you know being from Seattle I'm a Seahawks fan I was more excited about the Titans win today then like I cared more about the Titans win than I did about Seattle losing in overtime yeah like I was just so fired up for Mariota and that team and I just didn't really care at all about what happened with the Seahawks I was like meh alright
0: man so. that game was so much fun to watch too um Man, that game was so much fun to watch. And Mariota, like, passing ability and the threat of him running made everybody else so much
1: better. And it was just, it was the, that's exactly what it was. It was the threat of him running.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. he only took off a couple times, I think, from the, I didn't get to watch the game, but I from the stat line, he only had a couple, couple runs.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, he uses it
0: best like somebody will like come around to his blind side and then at the last second he'll see him out of the corner of their eyes and then accelerate faster than the defensive end who's already running full speed will ever hit
1: yeah
0: so he'll get all the way down and just nail like a flood route and it'll just be it's amazing
1: and then afterwards, uh-huh. in, you know, classic Moriota f- fashion, he gave the credit to his teammates and said, he said, the entire offense played well. I'm very fortunate to be a part of the group that I am. God, he's so, he's painfully perfect. <laughs> I I almost wanted to, um, uh, the, the guy does amazing work with his site in SB Nation, but uh, you know how when you write a story you can notify other writers? I really wanted to notify Bud Elliott when I was I was publishing the Mariota story tonight. <laughs> His Twitter was so salty.
0: Oh, what what did it say? Give me some highlights. The,
1: the sodium levels were through the roof.
0: Oh, uh, and me... uh and uh Tampa Bay fans booed Jameis Winston. Side note.
1: That. Oh. That's just uh I love it. I love it. Uh, What did...
0: Wait, give me some highlights.
1: Let me... Let me see what he said
0: here. Here's the funniest comment about that on Screen Grabber. They paid good money for those tickets, so you can't blame them for being a little crabby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. To be fair, the Bucks may yet claw back
1: into
0: uh, contention.
1: Oh, no. Uh, The, uh... He said... Bucks can't catch Mariota's pick attempt and then what does that mean I think it was a jab I don't I think it was a failed jab um and then Bucks can't
0: catch Mariota's
1: interception attempt I I couldn't I think he was going for the effort and it was just kind of a swing and a miss sounds like uh, resulting from like an anger stroke yeah um,
0: like, uh, like that he was Jenna like, from Thirty Rock.
1: <laughs> and then I think he said something else. I can't find the tweet, but he said something else where it was like, um, "Oh yeah, what a what a great throw by Mariota to a wide open receiver." He, yeah, you know,
0: it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's like he made the right throw. Man, that's some salty dude is so upset you mad bro
1: Mariota is secretly on twitter right now just foaming at the mouth
0: he probably just i I bet he goes on twitter and just laughs at things
1: (laughs) he's like this is why i stay off social social media yeah
0: exactly it's really a silly place
1: yeah i'm sure too that the uh the titans like pr and marketing team is gonna try so hard to get him on twitter
0: oh for sure
1: because like when they'll, they'll tweet out the plays, they'll tag you know their player handles in there, uh-huh. and you can like Mariota doesn't have one, so he, there's nothing tagged to him. And I just I, I want to see that campaign where they try and get Mariota on Twitter. I
0: bet they're gonna be like, can we just make you an account, and, and you we'll you it. can keep it, and we'll just like tweet out basically
1: hashtag like, tight note.
0: Yeah. It'll just be like hashtag good game today hash or like just he'll just tweet at they'll just tweet out like whatever he says at the press conference.
1: Right. Well um, my teammates, thanks for the support. Yeah, exactly. Let's be real, as much as we love the guy, Marcus Mariota would be the most boring follow on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Well I mean pretty much every pretty much any like nice person is.
1: So yeah, he will. Uh, he's got to go on the road again next weekend to the dog pound in Cleveland. <laughs> okay. I really. I hope we get. Uh, I hope we get Johnny Football versus Mariota in the pros. Uh, oh, we will because
0: uh, their starter my, uh, was injured. Yeah, he
1: he. I don't know if you saw the hit that he took when he got injured, but he like he straight up died. He's dead. He, he, like, tried to dive into the end zone and oh. then just got hit. And he, like, his body literally, like, was just laid out mid-air and did, like, a 360-degree spin. Like, mm-hmm. he he got he got spun like a dreidel is the only way I can think of putting it. Hmm. So we might get Johnny Football versus Mariota next week. We will. Just just when you thought you wouldn't watch a Titans-Browns game.
0: Johnny Manziel just cannot get away.
1: He
0: just cannot get away.
1: Uh, It's going to be good. I I have a hunch I'm going to be following the Titans very closely this year. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Although that getting used to that uh the Mariota to Bishop Sankey connection is going to be weird.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um oh, this is one of the hot takes I had from the Michigan State game. Um our lines sans force Buckner uh are soft as hell. Mm-hmm. They're just soft. Like I don't know what it is, but like you, like the line used to have the excuse like, oh, we're we're built for speed, and that's why our guys weigh two hundred eighty pounds. Right now they weigh three hundred pounds, which is like the exact same that Alabama weighs and Michigan State weighs, and they are just soft. Like that's the only like, and we could say like, oh, they don't have like four or five stars, but they're just soft, like on the on the goal line stand. Our center, uh, I'm scared to pronounce the name, Hagardi, got blown up in the backfield, and there were like a couple other plays where it's just like, what is what are you, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like how how are you guys just getting? And it wasn't like oh they were losing or they weren't getting a push; they were getting blown up. Like it's it's. That's probably the hottest take, but of that game. But I'm just if you about feel it.
1: if you feel your body temperature rising right now, that's because of how hot that take just was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean our lines are just soft, and Deforest Buck Deforest Buckner is like the only guy that I think is really bowling out. Like I have hopes for that like freshman who weighs like three hundred over three hundred pounds and is still mm-hmm. flying. Um, yeah. But, like, Tyson Coleman was great. Like, our linebackers were actually really good this game. And, but, like, Balducci, soft. Like, weighs 320 pounds and got bowled over by Cardale Jones. Exactly. Like, if you weigh 320 pounds and you're getting just absolutely trucked, like, what is going on? How is that possible? So.
1: yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season that's for sure
0: that's my beef um so yeah um let's talk about uh so we talked about Mariota we talked about the game um we got Georgia State this week uh Georgia State's awful although we said the same thing about Eastern Washington but I think yeah, Georgia State Eastern is actually legitimately Washington,
1: terrible. Eastern Washington is the is like the cream of the crop of the FCS. Like I yeah, I haven't done homework on Georgia State yet, but I would just assume they're not good.
0: Yeah, Georgia State they are like a they're like in year seven of their actual program.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be like a seventy to three game.
0: Yeah, so. I'm trying to figure out
1: I kind of want Georgia State just to score the first touchdown of the game just so I can see Twitter erupt in flames
0: yeah I mean there's a reason why I kind of uh, stay away from the Addicted to Quack open threats because it gets gets fired up there's
1: some there's some hot takes
0: in there yeah even David Piper was getting in on the hot takes calling for Jeff Lockie
1: those are some hot takes right there.
0: Yeah. Um Georgia lost to Charlotte in week one. Um they lost twenty three to twenty. Uh let's see. And then this past Saturday, they beat New Mexico State thirty four to thirty two. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all we can really expect from these guys. Like, if we look at last year's schedule, they only beat Abilene Christian. I know a grad from Abilene Christian. Super nice guy. Losses. The rest of the game, season was losses to New Mexico State Air Force, Washington, Louisiana, Lafayette, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Georgia Southern, Appalachian State, Troy, Clemson and Texas State uh, when they played Clemson they scored zero points when they played Appalachian State they scored zero points when they played Arkansas State they scored 10 points when they scored when they played Washington they had 14 points but lost by uh, they lost 45 to 14
1: Um, um not gonna lie uh, I'm kinda glad I conveniently work all day Saturday
0: won't be around for this one. Oh, and it's 11 a.m
1: oh my god oh, brunch with the ducks <laughs> that's what
0: these games should really be called um yeah. brunch with brunch with whoever's playing um brunch with the ducks so yeah i mean this one like this time is worse i don't know i don't know if i want to say that this is a really bad time to have like t- to have people excited for like a duck football game, because like everyone, every mo- almost all the people who attend these games are from Portland mm-hmm. and the, the, at least northern areas, so they ha- all have to like drive in. Um, having the game at eleven a.m. just makes it so difficult. You have to like for me, I have to leave at eight a.m. on Saturday. no that's not true I'm leaving at 7 because if you leave at 8 it's probably going to be 2 hours and then like to walk over it's like you're going to be getting there as kickoff
1: happens yeah exactly you
0: have to leave at 7 and it's like it's really tough to like leave at 7 and then get turned up like 2 hours later for a game yeah so Man, that's that's tough. Um, I mean, it's going to be over quick, though, hopefully. It's the Pac-12 network, and the Pac-12 network does a really good job of not taking commercial breaks. Yeah. So that's the big plus. Um, I think there's going to be a better slate of games on Saturday. Like, we do a bigger preview for Georgia State, but, like... We, it doesn't make sense to go over like offense defense when we just did like all the analysis based on Michigan State. Exactly. like the practices for Oregon is going to be better competition than Georgia state
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so I mean brightside I'd like to see way better defensive back performance uh I'd like to see Vernon Adams go back to being perfect as well as he can. Um, and not try to do everything like he doesn't need to do everything like he did at Eastern Washington.
1: Exactly. He's he's, got, he's, he's trying got to way too around. hard.
0: Trying to way too hard. Like get it to any of the eight amazing skill players that we have. You know. Mhm. So um, let's look at this weekend's slate of games, though, because uh, that's really when we're playing Georgia State. That's what's going to be fun. Um, Clintson at Louisville is your Thursday night game. Um, Friday night, Florida State versus Boston College. I think it's adorable that Florida State fans thought they would be better with a quarterback that's way more turnover-prone than Jameis Winston and lost his starting job to a true freshman last year. Oh, man. But they're like, oh, yep, this is going to be great. No problem. Um, Let's see what else we got here. Going through this lineup, man, Tennessee blew their game against Oklahoma so bad. That was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn barely beat Jacksonville State. We already talked about that. Um, Georgia Tech at Notre Dame, 1230 our time on NBC. Georgia Tech is dangerous.
1: The Ramblin' Rack.
0: Yeah, they're dangerous.
1: And- Notre Dame just lost their starting quarterback for the year.
0: Yeah, but I think they have a pretty solid depth. Um, uh-huh. so I'm not like too concerned about that, especially since the strength of their team is the defense. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so but Georgia Tech, that's going to push the defense because Georgia Tech. It's so difficult to prepare for on seven days. Um, Auburn at LSU, 1230. After this last weekend... Wait, Auburn slipped to 18. Never mind, they're not above Oregon. My fault. Um, not that anyone's going to make it this far on the podcast. I'm just going to get like mean tweets or something. Uh, um, let's see, Utah State at Washington. That's going to be a good barometer. For Washington, because Utah State has Chucky Keaton, um, they are dangerous. South Carolina at Georgia. Uh, let's see what else here. Oh, Colorado at Colorado State. So, um, they beat UMass over the weekend, 48-14. So that's going to be a, a this is going to be a big win. I may have made. I bet some gummy bears with a few people that Colorado would be over four wins this year.
1: Ooh.
0: Um, that was kind of assuming, though, that they'd beat Hawaii. Oh, big shout-out to Hawaii with the most amazing uniforms I've ever seen.
1: The throwback rainbow. They might have gotten shut out, but they did it with style.
0: They, it was 14-0 at the half. Yeah. And then Ohio State depth just turned it on. That's honestly how those games happen. Is because of depth. Exactly. Um, Florida at Kentucky. If you like tire fires, Cal at Texas. That whatever the spread is for that, it is not high enough. <laughs> like Cal is just gonna eat those guys alive. Like Cal's weakness has been defense, mm-hmm. but Texas, Texas is offense is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I'm trying to think, if Texas played Georgia State, I think Georgia State would win.
1: Oh, man.
0: They are so terrible. But, I mean, that's like this whole thing where their culture has been awful since Mac Brown left.
1: Just yeah, awful. Yeah, the, uh, it's... It's just, it's weird thinking of, like, Texas football is just irrelevant now. They used to be such a powerhouse.
0: Yeah, and it's not even, like, Notre Dame irrelevant, where everybody just hates on them for, like, how bad they are, too. But they keep getting tons of coverage. Nobody in the media talks about Texas. Yeah, Um,
1: like, I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, you know... Texas A&M, heck, even, I mean, not recently, but, you know, Texas Tech. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah, Texas is a thing. Like, they're there, too. Yeah. Which is just weird to think about that way.
0: Yeah. If they get rid of Charlie Strong before he has at least four years there, they're the dumbest fan base ever, (laughs) which I think is entirely possible because they've just kept turning over coaches who never get enough time there to establish, like, a culture
1: Exactly.
0: They got they got way bigger problems than trying to win right now. Um Oh, big game in conference Stanford at USC. Okay. She would be one. it'd be super Stanford of them and super USC of them to uh for Stanford to win. Of course. Um San Jose State at Oregon State. Oregon State, I think they win that one. I, gonna, I hope I'll so. Give that one like, to them. Yeah. So San Jose State has beaten New Hampshire and uh they lost to Air Force by twenty one. So Michigan State was played close with Michigan for mm-hmm. the first half. Um oh, game of the week. Ole Miss at Alabama.
1: Oh that's confusing.
0: Number be fifteen wish. versus number two. Uh At BYU at UCLA We're going to see if that uh, Overreaction Overreaction praise for Josh Rosen Is deserved in that game (laughs) Um, Utah at Fresno State Utah's going to destroy them Um, And then My favorite game My favorite place to watch a football game You know where it is UC Davis at Hawaii Ah Yeah you know, you know nobody else really cares about this game when they don't even list a channel.
1: <laughs> it's not even worth watching is what that says. <laughs> Which is
0: not true because they have the greatest commentator crew I have ever seen in my life. They're yeah. fantastic. And it starts uh technically, oh no, it starts at 11:59 on the East Coast.
1: Oh good.
0: Yeah. So Oh, man. So many bars are going to have... Actually, no, that's not true. But I like to think if they're on a different channel, like, they would have so many bars. Like, they would be on so many TV bars.
1: I, um... Yeah. I, uh... I kind of wish that Hawaii was was in the conference just to... uh, just to deliver Pac-12 after dark. Like... To a whole new level.
0: Yeah. So get this, though. So I'm watching the Ohio State-Fresno-Hawaii State, uh, game, and I'm looking at the uniforms and everything, and you know Hawaii is, like, my favorite place on earth. Um, I don't think I've said it on the podcast, though. Um, and I tweet out, <laughs> we should really set up a home-and-home home with Hawaii. Totally Please. forgot. Joshua Lucas reminded me. Shout-out to Joshua Lucas, uh, who eats an ice cream cone in his avatar. Uh I don't know why I always remember that, but I'm like, oh yeah, the ice cream eating guy. He was like, we do have a home and home scheduled, 2019, 2020, and 2021. Two of those games are at Otson, and one is in Aloha Stadium. I am going to that game for a week. I'm just gonna be there for a week.
1: We're just gonna we're gonna find a way to do Sling and Quack live from the beach. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes i will skype i'll get you the software to record a phone call and uh i will just do it over the phone on waikiki
1: oh man done it's done
0: we're doing it
1: we Uh, need to go we need to go to hawaii and then actually (laughs) turn this into like a video podcast for one week only and just go find the loudest hawaiian shirts possible (laughs) yes i own one already (laughs) Just do like a bit like a barefoot sling and quack in the beach at Waikiki.
0: Yes. I love this idea way too much. So, alright. It's it's a promise. We're doing this. Even if we're not writing for Addicted to Quack anymore, we're just gonna do it and send it in. We're still um. gonna do it. <laughs> um Yeah, so I'm pretty pumped for the weekend of college football. It's a time for rebirth, you know? With, um,
1: with every loss, we can rise from the ashes yeah. and be born anew. That's my, those are my closing comments for this week.
0: Yeah, man, man, that eleven a.m. kickoff
1: though. Brunch, brunch <laughs> with Vernie Adams and the Ducks.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So we already talked about Marcus facing Johnny Manziel, um, against the Browns last week or next week. Talked mm-hmm. about Mariota. We talked about my hot take on the lines being soft. Talked about Georgia State. All right, I think we covered everything.
1: As always, if you've made it this far with us, you are. I'm getting participation ribbons.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you if you actually make a comment saying you made it this far, or you tweet at me, I will actually see about getting you a real trophy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We look out for our listeners. I
0: I don't promise I will actually do it, but I'll see if there's something I can do. So, that'll be like a nice Easter egg if anyone gets this far. So, Alright, well that does it from Amsterdam. It's beginning to cool. Uh, We had our sunblock on, and now that it's twilight, you know, things are cooling down. We got Georgia State. Everything's going to be perfect after that. And... We're all gonna just be like, oh yeah, we're back on the we're back on track. We're back on track. We're we're gonna kill everybody. So yeah, exactly. The death machine that is Oregon will roll on. Um alright. See you guys next week. Make sure you come back to Hamsterdam.